0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: Welcome, your saltwater guide, Captain Dave Hanson, with another phenomenal podcast for you today. You're going to love our guest today. He is a plethora of information, and he is the true meaning of giving back. You don't even know what giving back is like until you talk to this man. Kevin is the true definition of giving back. But real quick, we got to touch on a few topics. It's Promar Ahi USA Tuesday. We always talk about some Promar products on Tuesday, Monday and Tuesday now. So I'm going to be showing you a product that I think you all need to have this time of year. And we'll show you that in a little bit. Also tonight, 6.30, 6.45, Justin will be going live out on the water hoop netting again. And uh, it's going f- spectacular, gang. Last night, he didn't do as good as he has been doing, but he still ended up with 19 nice big lobsters for his group. If you've been watching it, thank you very much for paying attention to the show. Thanks for watching that. We're getting somewhere between, I don't know, 15 and 20,000 live views per night. We're getting about 50,000 views after the show's done going live a day. It's pretty amazing i never in my wildest imagination thought so many people were so interested in hoop netting. So if you haven't seen that show yet, try to watch it tonight at 630. We do this live podcast Monday through Fridays. We're the only live podcast in America five days a week. And we bring in some super special guests. And also, gang, I, we're bringing Kevin in today because we're coming into the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Festival. Kevin will be there. He'll talk about that a little bit. Today is a super big day, taking over social media today, Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Festival is taking over the media, our social media today, I want to show you a quick little video and then we'll jump right into my interview with Kevin, so just hang in there for one second and look at this video, you guys, this is going to be the show to be
2: at. Your 2024 fishing and boating season at the most exciting saltwater, freshwater, and recreational outdoor show in Southern California at
1: the amazing Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Show. Orange County Fair and Event Center, March 7th through
2: the 10th. Trout ponds for the kids and an unbelievable lineup of seminars with the most knowledgeable and experienced captains, guides, and professionals in the business. Over three acres of exhibits, boats, and incredible early season discounts bring the entire family. Orange County Fair and Event Center,
1: March 7th through the 10th. Hey, Kevin, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you hey, for up, joining us. I'm sorry, I, of... Go ahead. sorry, I threw you in there during the commercial, but welcome to the show, my friend. Welcome, welcome. I've been waiting for this day for a very long time. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, taking care of children like nobody else. And Thanks, I want to thank you for that and turning all the children on to fishing that you do because you, as you know, and I talk about all the time, they don't want our kids fishing anymore, and you are you are definitely bridging the gap. So do me a favor, though. A lot of people don't know who you are. Let's talk about wh- how you got it, where you came from, how you got into this. We're going to talk about your school and all the other great things you do. We got an hour together, so this is going to be fun.
2: Cool, man. Yeah, I was just trying to share you on Facebook and tag us and all that at the same time when you came back. So anyway, so I'm Community Kevin or Kevin Brannon. Um, I'm a fourth generation Port Wyneme kid. Uh, port Wyneme is on the beach in Ventura County, um, kind of surrounded by Oxnard. This is what, like the third biggest port, uh, I think in California between, uh, the Bay area and, um, like San Pedro LA Harbor. So there was a, uh, a sport fishing there on the, on the, uh, here on the dock. And I used to sneak on there like all the time. My mom worked at Del Monte. It was really like a five minute walk from our house. And I would sneak out there and start, uh, and try to sneak onto the dock and catch a little anchovy and fish off the dock. And they kicked me off, um, Probably two, three times a week, <laughs> and then they finally offered me a job. Hey, kid, do you do you want to be a pinhead? So my mom did, you know, walk down there and met the captain in the deckhand and explain what it what a pinhead was. So I started pinheading on boats um, when I was about 11 or 12 years old. Is kind of how I started in the sport fishing. Um, my brother used to take me fishing. We lived in Sacramento for about a year or two when I was, when we were, you know, in like kindergarten and he would take me fishing in the Sacramento river. And I kind of just fell in love with it, man. We have a Creek right here called bubbling Springs Creek. And I would fish for crawdads and guppies and carp and everything in there. I'd sit on the pier for hours at a time. And, uh, my mom knew that I loved being on the water. So as I got older through high school, she let me do independent study and work on sport boats at the same time. Um, When I grew up, the way I grew up, single household, you know, kind of grew up through the system a little, well, a lot. And uh, fishing just always seemed to be something fun and enjoyable. And just being out on the water, I think it's just something in my blood that it was passed on from my my grandfathers. And um, so I started to do a television show later on in my life. About 28 years old, I wanted to do a fishing TV show uh, that was more um, educational. I'm I'm a big PBS fan and Discovery France, so like documentary style uh, fishing show. Um, about California, I don't think California gets enough representation on television to kind of showcase uh, what goes on. But I didn't want it as a kid growing up a little poor, I didn't want to showcase like expensive gear and exotic locations. I wanted to be more PBS style and talk about you know everything from pier fishing to jetty fishing and you know some of the things, uh, not so much all sport fishing. And um so I started doing that. And then we started taking a couple kids out of my neighborhood. I remember being that kid. Um, Dave, you need that hat. I'll get you one. So the, the reason for the hat, it's the uh, this is for the logo for my TV show or for Community Kevin. And it's a fish. It's a worm catching the fish. Normally, the fish eats the worm. But again, for my story, against all odds and anything is possible. That's kind of what I drew on a Wendy's napkin and my uh, and my tattoo artist added my, my uh, muscles and my crazy face to it. So that's kind of the meaning behind behind my logo. Um, but then we start taking a couple kids out fishing and we started the real anglers kids fishing days kind of sporadically. And then it just kept getting bigger and bigger. So we went nonprofit to uh to try to get some donations and stuff. So we have a for profit multimedia side, which is real Langer's fishing show that started um the you know the fishing show part of it. And then we started doing the kid fishing program. Um Called Real Guppy Outdoors. That's been a nonprofit for about seven years, and over that time, we've taken over about six thousand kids out fishing and their families. We like to do a; it's more of a family engagement program, so that way they're more likely to continue to be anglers than just a kid, you know, a kid that fishes once a year at a at a tournament or a trout pond derby or something like that. Um, and we have our own learning center. I'm still doing the TV show, getting into school. So it just basically started from a passion that I had for fishing mixed in with documentary filmmaking, and then also uh, using the platform and the resources that I had to start taking kids and families out fishing in our backyard.
1: Okay. You went really fast, went blazing well, through a bunch well, of stuff. We're <laughs> gonna, I'm going to back it up a little bit. We're going to go way back to the very beginning when your mom let you become a pinhead. Now think about this gang out there. What's the first thing someone's children today are gonna ask you if they're gonna go work? The first thing they're gonna ask you is, how much am I gonna get paid? And how much time off am I gonna get? Listen, Kevin will tell you, I will tell you, Dave Burris will tell you, a lot of the people that are watching today, when you wanna become a pinhead, you don't care about money. That is not why we're working. We want to be on that boat, right? We want to go Those guys are the superstars. Those deckhands and those captains. Kevin, when you're a little kid standing on the dock looking up, that's that is your higher yeah. power, right? That's yeah. it. You want to be on that boat. You don't care that there's money? That's not even a question. We don't go, "Oh, we want $20." We just want to go on the boat, right?
2: Yeah. And I know that sometimes you would just show up too and just uh and just like scrub the boat at the end of the day when they would get in for like 20 bucks and just scrub the boat and clean it up and um, to get 20 bucks, you know, whatever we could do. And then get invited to come out fishing some days like before you're like, a I guess, a regular pinhead. You know, there's still other ways that we were able to uh, to work down there. I used to I used to spray off um, pelican and, uh, and, and seagull poop from the bait receiver when the boat. So that way when the deckhands would jump off the boat to the bait receiver, it wasn't all slippery and stuff. So I got a job for like five bucks an hour or bagging squid up in in the uh, at the landing so that when they were doing rock cod trips that they had plenty of bags of squid for the boats. And I did all kinds of fun stuff, man. I know that uh, things are a little different, though. Now, also, I don't know if you have, you know, uh, having 12 year olds work that hard (laughs) nowadays, you know, but I tell people, too, man, it it is a fraternity, you know, and the pinheads that we have come out. I work on uh, Channel Island sport fishing sometimes on The Gentleman. And I love seeing the pinheads, man, you know, just something about I remember like I put myself back in their shoes and and we have some hard work. I mean, you know, man, working on a boat, 12 hours a day at 12 or 13 years old. But I think that's really what helped my worth work ethic today, you know, because they also treated you like you weren't just a 12 year old kid. They gave you responsibility. And I think that's why when I give responsibility to our guppies and stuff, I feel like I'm just repaying. The debt, kind of, or passing on the debt of what it was like when I was twelve or thirteen. You know, they let me gaff. You know, what I mean, just what you're allowed. Like they keep giving you responsibility that you could handle to kind of get your confidence. You know, pulling the anchor, all these different little confidences that you build. So I think now that we're talking about it, when I let kids at our kid fishing day have responsibility cutting bait. You know, and I was uh, went through the scouts as a kid, or putting my son through scouts as one of his den leaders. Always thought that they would kind of suppress their learning versus giving them opportunity, right? You had to wait to your eight or wait to your 12 years old to do certain assignments. But when you're a pinhead, they kind of let you do it all. So maybe that's why when I'm le- teaching kids on the pier and stuff, I'm already letting them, you know, uh, experiment and give it a try, you know, without the limitations.
1: When you're a pinhead, it's the most rewarding. Well, nowadays labor laws and everything, we can't do it anymore, but I'm a little bit older than Kevin. And I remember when I read, first got a chance to be the pinhead on the boat and I didn't grow, even though my dad owned all the sport boats and all the stuff. And he was like the dawn of sport fishing. He still had me grow up just like he did the hard way. I started out as a pinhead and I remember the first day that the deck can didn't show up. And here I am as a pinhead and all the adults on the boat are looking at you because they don't know how to take the fish off the hook. They don't know how to clean their own fish. They don't know. How, and it gives you so much confidence as a, as a young child, as a young person being out on the boat and having everybody on the boat, look up to you. And it is such a wild thing to think about. I know kids today can not experience that because of the labor laws in the state of California, but growing up like you and I did, Kev, you did. It taught us work ethic and it taught us responsibility and it taught us to have pride in what you're doing because Back in those days, people yelled at you if you didn't do a good job. If you didn't the captain didn't have a filter. he yelled at you. I know you can't do that today. You can't yell because then h r will be involved, and the lawyers will come down, and you treated my son badly. But back in the day, the way we learned how to not to do stuff wrong, kev is we got yelled at.
2: we I kind of tell that to the pinheads now you guys got it easy, you know. I mean, they did things like 10 cents a scale if they had a scale on the boat, you know? And I made me make about 12 bucks as a pinhead. These pinheads today make a few more bucks than I made, you know what I mean? Uh, and then I would play poker at the end of the day and lose it back anyway, but just being out there. It's funny because the smell, man, of the dock, the hot dock in the summertime, you know, the smell of the tar on there and the poo and the, and the, and the engines and all that stuff, man, that takes me straight back to when I was at. Something about that nostalgia of being down on the dock, even at 44 years old that I'm at now, from those days of showing up early in the morning and smelling gunny sack in the morning, you know, and bacon and coffee and diesel. (laughs) If that doesn't get you fired up, I don't know what's gonna.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The smell of the, the anchovies on your hand brings me back to a little kid remembering the first time and you're, you're like, Oh my goodness. And you're just like, this is so cool though, to be involved in. When I started out, we didn't pay pinhead pinheads. Didn't get anything. You got nothing but a bunch of crap. (laughs) <laughs> all you got was a bunch of crap and you got all the work that we didn't want to do, but you were just happy to be there. And uh when Kevin's talking to you about bagging the squid, yeah, you did whatever, whatever they asked you to do because you just wanted right, Kev, you just wanted to be a part, you just yeah. wanted to be a part of this because as a fishing person like yourself and me. We looked up to these people and we're like, I just want to be in. I just want to get in. And I think that's what's really cool about what you're teaching the kids today is you're allowing them to be in to something other than a video game.
2: Yeah. And it's cool. We have a couple of kids that gone through our program, um, the guppies that actually work on the boat right now. So it's kind of cool to see that we, when we talk about part of our Guppy Ranger program of uh occupational pathways that we actually have two kids that came through our program that are out working on the boats this season so to see them um doing it with that same delight and uh, again maybe it's not quite as um as hard for them (laughs) but it's cool to still see them down there um pouring into it i mean watching this kid named cash money you know, start as a pinhead to actually filleting fish the other day, and working the the board, and watching him work, work his way through the process. Because like we get, I get approached, uh, hey man, how do I get on those boats down there? I'm like, you know, you got to go down there pretty much, uh, intern or what's the word, um, apprentice for a little while for maybe a season before you actually work your way up to being a deckhand to be a to be a crew member. You know, and when I talk about what a pinhead does, you know, so you you have to love it, and that's why I call it a fraternity because you have to love this. Um, work and being on the water and stuff, because to get started, it's uh, you got to pay your dues, right? Like you're saying, sometimes you might even get paid when you're younger again, or 12 bucks or 20 bucks. And that's it, you know, and a long day,
1: a long day, a long day as a pinhead. It was crazy. We can't do that anymore. I know child laws, labor laws don't allow that. But back in the day, your little kid getting on the boat, you worked 10, 12, 15 hours of work, work. And you didn't. Something that children need to understand, too, Kev, is it's not a fishing job. So if you think you're going to go down there and get on a sport boat and go fishing all day because you're working on the boat, there's only one guy on the boat that gets to fish, and he's called the The captain. captain. Yes.
2: (laughs) You know, I remember being a pinhead, and uh, it's why I fish with Iowa today, to be honest, because the captain would tell me to go out to the back. Um, I worked on the Aquarius, too. You know, a boat out of Malibu that came up to Port Wyname, John Christensen, and he would have me go to the back of the boat. They call him Captain Calico, right? Or Blondie. That was just a couple of nicknames, right? So they would uh, have us have me go down there and strip off old line off of his little Daiwas, those sea lions and then put some new line in and then throw it back off the end of the boat and get it ready. So that way he was fishing calicos all day when we were out there fishing. But I remember how smooth it felt and just thought since he was using them, they were, they were great reels. And I still, you know, got me my sponsorship today cause I've been using them so long, but even, even doing that part, right. I get to go do something for the captain, you know, just felt cool. At least he knows my name now. Right. And, uh, Hey kid, go down there and put some line on my rod for me and, uh, and get it ready so I could fish on when we get there. So I remember even that part was just exciting to feel like you're, doing something for the crew you know
1: oh it's the most fulfilling thing as a child growing up when the captain calls you by your name uh, instead of hey you when he goes kevin and you're like he knows my name yeah he started- i don't need any money today he knows my name
2: then they just started calling me homie on the boat <laughs> i don't know if- <laughs> hey call homie. He'll do it. It was funny. So they got, I had a nickname too. So you don't know if you want to be called your real name or is it such a blessing that they got, they got a nickname for you, you know? <laughs>
1: well, my nickname and I thought it was really suck, but they called me the Prince forever. I was the Prince cause my dad was the King. So okay. it was pretty, it was brutal way to grow up as a kid, but boy, I got thrown in the water more than anybody and I got punched more than anybody. But here we are today. And that's why I love what you do, because you're getting children involved in something that will change their lives forever, gang. You don't understand. I talk about it in my seminars. I talk about it on this podcast. I talk about it everywhere I go. You're, If you're an adult and you fish, the number one thing you need to do is take children fishing, period, end of the story. There's nothing else. The only reason you have this is so that you can take
2: and turn children onto it. Right, Kev? I mean- Yeah, man.
1: Learning Chosen how to their, fish.
2: What? I was gonna say children and their families, man. I think a, a good way to get the them to continue to do it is uh is, is showing the families too, man. Some some people never had a grandfather to take them fishing that they would like to, and teaching the fellowship part too of uh not just you know, families look for recreational things to do. Fishing can be a little intimidating, so we try to teach the family clinic style so that way they continue to do it. And also where we live at, man, in Ventura County, we live in the Channel Islands National Park Marine Sanctuary. So we have a lot of cool educational, somebody, Tim put in there, the best education a, ki- a kid can get. And we'd like to educate them on everything from um, fishing to regulations, because I think that part, Dave, it, it actually shows them, uh, it kind of gives them again, that responsibility, right? If they're a part of it, then they're responsible for it and take take care of it too, you know? So we sneak in little, again, even though they're educating on fishing, I use my little air quotes that we lure them in with fishing. We try to teach them a lot more again, but like responsibility, right? It's your are responsible. Who's responsible? Kids are yelling, I'm responsible, you know? So a way to kind of teach them other, again, life building skills that I actually tie into it because of my own backstory and how I got to being a filmmaker and what hurdles I overcome and what confidences I have. And again, a lot of what we're talking about, a lot of that comes back from those little pinhead confidences, you know, and somebody giving me the opportunity to rely on me and then be like, okay. You know, and I try to remember all those things when I'm, when I'm putting our educational program together.
1: And that is so wonderful that you, you're into that. Something that's really helped me out and you out in this industry is Ben and Steve over at ProMar. Gang, you don't understand without them, Kevin wouldn't be able to do most of the things that he does with the children. Without them, I wouldn't be able to do the great things we do with hoop netting and turning children on and giving out all the gifts that I give to all the children that show up at my shows. I Promar stands in the gap every time Steve and Ben are there to make sure that we're giving back to children. And I know they're a big sponsor of yours, Kevin. Real quick, I want you to guys to see this. This is the uh, sand dab rig. Right now, people are catching lots of sand dabs here in california because of the t- it being winter time and everything these sand dab rigs are incredible you can go out with your children and they can catch fish very very easily you drop this down to the bottom and they're winding in fish right kev i mean
2: oh yeah I, I, I work incredible. the sand dab trips on the gentleman right now too <laughs> so i know that those work because we're out on the uh fishing off at the east and kappa sorry my dog tried to escape out the door i had to lock him back in uh,
1: that's okay <laughs> um, I got
2: you. so yeah we, we're doing the sand dab right now because the season is closed so we do sand dab trips up here on the gentleman on fridays and sundays and uh that's what we you know that's the go-to in the landing right there are those are those sand dab rigs and uh well hold on yeah 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 take care of it
1: so gang the promar company promar ahi you're gonna check them out i'm gonna put the qr code up here on the screen gang when you're supporting promar you're not just supporting ben and his family and steve and the people that work there you're supporting children fishing you're supporting kevin's programs you're supporting your saltwater guide when you go to the promar promarahi the qr code's up there on the screen if you don't see that and you're listening to kevin and i as you're driving around in your cars go to promarahi.com type When you're checking out, type in the code YSWG and the number 22. You're going to save 10% on your products. But understand, they give back a tremendous amount. And I want you to cover that for a minute. And then we're going to get into your school and all the other things. I got lots of cool pictures to show. But talk about what a gift it is to have Promar as a
2: part of you. So Promar has been with me for over 10 years. And uh, I was kind of telling you off the air, like I remember I was filming. So my TV show is Real Anglers and I do some other uh, one-off filming stuff for documentary style. So I was asked to do Day of the Dock like six years ago or seven years ago. And I had my original press kits looking for sponsorships for my TV show. And I had one left. It was four o'clock in the afternoon. And I was tired from filming. I was walking back trying to hunt people down for uh, interviews, you know, to get every, all the interviews they wanted. And I go up to Ben last with my last one and say, hey, man, my name's Kevin. And I do this TV show And here. Take this envelope full of all my probably too much stuff, but trying to trying to get myself uh, seen. And uh, sure enough, he, you know, I called him a week later and he, he said, come on down and let's see what we can do. And I've been on trips with them. I filmed. If you go to our YouTube channel, uh, Real English Fishing Show, you'll see some great videos that we did. But every year, man, they have a bundle for me that's always ready for me to pick up hassle-free going there. I seen um, Steve and Ben just at the, the Bard Hall show and Steve's like, Hey man, uh, what do you need? And and put together an order and we'll have it for you at the PCS show. So I'll pick it up there this week. But the cra- the hoop nets are probably one of the uh, best things that we have at our kid fishing day. They're flat nets that we use because the kids get a chance to really get hands-on. So if you are taking your kid fishing or somebody fishing and you throw a crab net out, one of their flat nets, and you drop it down there. We have the and we let the kids baited and the different little cages for them to see to put the bait inside. Use some of their sabikis to catch some bait so we can show them how we process fish and harvest it and use it for bait. And then the kids get to pull up these crab nets about every 20 minutes. It's one of the best things, ma'am, because if the fish aren't biting right there, that was on our flat net from this last uh, Sunday with our kid day. So the kids get a chance to hold up all these crab. Look at the size of that giant spider crab right there. So the kids get a chance to hold it we pass it around it's not going to hurt you and then we have a releasing device to put things back in the ocean without without stressing them out so we release that big guy but that's one of the coolest things about every 20 minutes the kids get to pull it up when the fish aren't biting so again one of the funnest things about our educational kid fishing day is is uh is um, the hoop netting pulling you know they get excited to pull them up and and then we have a little aquarium that we put some of the little smaller crabs in and uh, this one right here this is a little cabazon that we caught and we released that we have we have a video for that one too and this is kevin uh there at one of our kid fishing days right had a port wainimi and uh since it was out of season and small what we do is we have a little descending device that we lower down and the kids get a chance to see why we have responsible fishing practices that we're not just here to torture and kill fish for no reason and they understand that there's a season and there's a size to them and this fish right here was released safely back into the water after he took his photo and uh and caught a nice what is that about 11 inch Cabazon on there at the pier so um
1: well, Kevin, they don't care how big it is. Look
2: at that smile. He doesn't care that it's 11. That's a fish yeah. he caught. How rad. And he was, was stoked. That? And you know what? The funny thing is, this kid, because we do it, we saw on the fourth Sunday of every month, we do a free family kid fishing day on the Port Wainemi Pier. And this kid, I think, had just gotten there about 11. First piece of bait. First bite, right? You, you, then they're spoiled for life, right? They didn't have to wait for a biter. He thinks fishing's always going to be that easy and fun, you know. So it's funny because my my volunteers, we always whoever we get set up, they're on our team. So this kid yelling, "Team Kev, I'm on Team Kev's team," as he catches this cabazon. And uh, but literally, dude, it was like his first piece of bait straight down, and he catches a cabazon, and uh, now he's hooked for life. I ever bumped into his mom, um, recently, and the reason I know is because uh, his name's Kevin, and he had a cowboy sweater on. And, you know, we could talk a little smack about each other's football teams and stuff while we fish. And I just happened to bump into her taking a walk through my neighborhood last week. And to be to be known as a household name and people know who I am out here was pretty neat. And I remember her. And then the photo I sent you were looking at just happened to pop up on our memories on Facebook. So I, I kept it because I just thought it was sentimental that, you know, a stranger to some degree was able to stop me doing a walk to the harbor, you know, right here out to the jetty and recognize me and then tell me how much fun her and her kid had fishing and, uh, And then it popped up. So I just thought it was really like, one of those God things, you know, like, wow, this is, you know.
1: Absolutely. Just like you said, one of those God things and that's fishing. That brings us all together. Like people can't even comprehend how much it brings you together. Let me show you another cool picture. This is a pretty good together thing. Think about this, having your birthday
2: party on the pier. So, yeah, we had a birthday party uh, for one of these kids. Um, his name was Jake, so it was a Jacob and a Jacob. Jake's uh, was turning twelve, and these are his his travel team, his baseball team, right here. And they came up on the pier, and the fish bit pretty good that day, man. We had a pretty good jack smelt bite, so we we're able to uh, keep, a couple of the, uh, keep a couple of the small ones in our little aquarium, and then we put the big ones back. Um, there you can see the Promar net right there in the background as well. Uh, but this was just this past weekend. You know, they said, you want to go to Chuck E. Cheese or hang out with Community Kevin? And they said, Community Kevin, I guess. So here we are. It's about a three-hour fishing trip. And then we also gave them some of our workbooks. I have five workbooks that I put together. This one right here is called Peer Critters and Lake Critters. It talks about ecosystem and habitat. And then you can see we get uh, posters from NOAA, one of our other partners, and now I got to take home a shark poster to uh, see what local sharks are in our backyard in the China Islands area. And just to be familiar with sharks and you know, don't worry about, you know, how deadly sharks are that you know they are, they're always in our waters and again how do we coexist with them um even though they're and, and not be afraid of them at the same time you know so this was a pretty good trip. but it was also nice team out for somebody to reach out and say hey would you would you take a you know 10 10 kids out on their birthday party you know that were really based in this community you know I beat Josh said uh that felt great and uh and, and I beat out Chuck E. cheese so a <laughs> couple comments there.
1: Okay. We got some more pictures I want to show here. Okay. Gang. So think about your child going to a classroom like this. So this is how rad. So this is at
2: our learning center. Um, we have something called the guppy ranger program. It was, it lived in my brain for about six years on how we were going to develop some type of something different than just our fourth Sunday, you know, and we started the guppy ranger program. We partner actually up here with a, uh, with the university channel Islands university. And, um, one of their interns came in uh, last semester and we kind of just laid out the Scuppy Ranger program and it's a five five courses to it it's from fisheries management to boater safety um rod building career pathways and fisheries management so th- excuse me, this part, right. This is part of our rebuild program where we're teaching kids that even though you're broken or damaged, that you could still be useful. So the rods that they're working on, they're not, it's not a brand new rod building. It's a rebuild program. Kind of like my story after you get some mentorship and development and you get some help and being worked on that you could still be, uh, useful. So they'll get a chance to use their rods that they rebuilt and they put their own little unique colors and stuff on there. And, uh, Hey, there's Lupe, she's watching. Lupe said, Kevin, the Foster boys love you and enjoy fishing with you you and your team. <laughs> Get on. Um, so this part again, just to show showcase them that. And then there's our books in the background and we have hands-on touching of all the different seashells you could see in the backyard. Uncle Dave's teaching the class. He, he comes in and volunteers at our kid fishing days because we're pretty much volunteer-based, man. It's not a lot of, uh, we have like three part-time spare times that we can afford right now, but they give more than enough than they're, we're all getting, getting uh, compensated for. But this is what makes it all worth it, man, you know, watching these kids build them up. And then on the eighth week of the uh, Guppy Ranger series, they'll get their little badge or their little shield that we had made for them. Um, and it's a shield, not a patch, because in life you're going to have you're going to have your battles, right? So the shield represents that you got your, uh, uh, that you've been your battle tested kind of right. Because in the Ranger program, when I lay it out for them the first week, it's like some of these assignments you got to work through. That's what maybe it's not appropriate for a five or six year old, but Hey, I don't want to, this little guy in the front, little uh, Rudy right here is four years old. And he uh, bypassed that theory because he's out there killing the game with his dad right now. And his in his fourth week of the second series. But um, anyway, that's part of the program is showing them problem solving and, and introducing them to, um, different guest speakers like the coast guard and then doing it as a family, have to do it together as a family. And, uh, yeah, this part right here is just, us teaching them how to rebuild uh, fishing poles. It's kind of like the Mr. Miyagi, um, (laughs) part, right. They're learning, but they're not knowing they're learning how to throw punches and kicks until, uh, you're in battle and then you're starting, you know, you could protect yourself. So (laughs) anyway, that's, that's my, that's my theory. You mentioned the
1: coast guard. So I want to throw that picture up real quick. What's going on here?
2: So this is the Coast Guard. Again, in the Channel Islands Harbor, there's some great partners that we have like Channel Island Sport Fishing. We take the kids down. I don't know if you got the picture. Uh, there was one, we were at the White Sea Bass Pins and we we're actually feeding them out, the, out of the grow pins here in the Channel Islands Harbor. But this particular one is kind of more of our um, career pathways to show them law enforcement in their backyard. Uh, some people in our area, the way we grow up, man, maybe the badge and law enforcement kind of scares you a little bit, right, honestly right? You see the badge and you get nervous. So how do we get their messaging across and also let the them explain to the kids the impact that they're getting from um, uh, the job that they have, right? Instead of having just a job, how about you have a career on the ocean, on the water, being impactful, doing what you love and local, right? All those different components and uh, having them come in and talk to the kids and they got to go around the boat and climb below and put on their uniforms and You know, they come and hang out. And a lot of times, some of these organizations that we're partnering with, I mean, we've been doing this for years, so they know who we are, right? But they don't have a chance to recruit and get kids down there like we can. So we're able to you know, share our resources, their resources with our resources as we do the recruitment. So that way they can share their messaging um, at a higher level or would like to, but they wouldn't know how to walk into a school or what to do to get this many youth and their families to one of their events. I mean, once a year, some of these organizations will throw like an open fair so you could come down for the community. But this way is a little bit, there's more of an intimacy of it. Like think about a small charter, right? It's easier to teach five or six people families and it is to teach hundreds that are walking through, you know, so this gives them a chance to really answer more questions and talk to the youth and be a part of it. And then again, we share the harbor. So that way, when the kids see them, too, they know who they are, they get to wave to them. And again, just another way for bringing the community together.
1: Oh, yeah, it's great. I want to go back to that picture in the classroom again, and I want you to tell me about I want you to tell me about whoops, not that one. No, come on, Dave. What are you doing? Right here. Okay. Those pictures on the wall behind those guys. What's up? Those things.
2: The pictures behind them. So those are our workbooks. So I have five workbooks that I put together. I'm working on my six. got another approval for another small grant. So I had to cover it. So the first book I wrote is called Catch a Memory. In the in the uh, the picture on the front is a guy with his two kids on a boat. And I always tell people the name of our book is called Catch a Memory, not catch a monster, because fishing is about catching memories. And if you're only out here to catch a giant fish or think that if you didn't catch a bag full or or a huge fish, that it was a waste of your money. So the first book is mine is called Catch a Memory. And that's the one I do a lot of life building teaching when I go into classrooms. The second one is Explore the Channel Islands. The third one is explore. Let's go explore the kelp forest. The fourth one is wells and friends um, about the migration of whales in our backyard. And then the other one is called pier critters and lake critters. And all of our books have a sustainable fishing practice as one of the assignments. And then also a conservation aspect to it. Not not preservation that we can't catch and harvest and, and keep a couple of fish that we catch legally, but just more like, how, again, how do we uh live in harmony with them and still be able to bring something home to eat, you know, and what's our responsibility as far as litter goes and microplastics and how they look like plankton and all kinds of stuff. But also you could see on the cover, there's a lot of different diversity. So that way women can see that they can be underwater scuba divers or little black girls or Mexican kids or things like that. So I really wanted to capture that component of it too. Again, because I know that our industry is always looking to to expand into diversity. And I wanted to showcase that too, because you know, Southern California does have a lot of diversity, just some of their cultural um, traditions for recreation might not just be on the ocean or in the water, you know? So I wanted to expand on that with my books.
1: I think you're doing a phenomenal job. I'm so, so glad to have you on the show and turning
2: me on to all this information
1: because I kind of watched you from afar, but I'm learning a bunch about you and the way you give back. is just insane to sit down and make workbooks for these kids so that they understand what's going on. Like my good buddy Dave Burris just put up there on the screen. Could you imagine if we had this kind of knowledge when we were kids? I think you're doing an awesome job. I really do. Hey, gang, real quick, I want you to watch this video. This is Kevin. He's got his YouTube channel. He's got so much cool stuff going on. If you feel like this is something you want to get involved in, I know there's a lot of you guys up there. In uh, Oxnard and Ventura and Port Hueneme and Santa Barbara, you're all very, very close to helping Kevin out. And every, let's listen to this real quick. This is just a quick,
2: short video on his YouTube channel. We'll be right back with Kevin. Educator or organization looking to bring high energy entertainment learning to your youth and your young people? Are you a company looking to expand your diversity to a new demographic? If you're a youth organization like Scouts, or Little League, and you're looking to get your kids out to have some fun and have an adventure? Think of us. I'm Kevin Brandon, Real Anglers Fishing Show host, founder of the Real Guppy Outdoor Program and Real Radio, which we call the Real Angler Network. I have 25 years experience on the water here in California through education, teaching, documentary filmmaking, and a bunch of other cool stuff like creating children's workbooks, going into classrooms. Do you ever give up? No! Going into vast Pro Shops and doing some talks, so I've kind of got a lot of experience in education and teaching people how to have fun on the water, through family engagement, education, responsible environmental awareness and stewardship, and having fun while you're doing it, right? Think about Kevin Brandon with The Real Angler's Fishing Show, Real Guppy Outdoors, and Real Radio, which is known as Real Angler Network. I'm Kevin Brandon, and thank you for your time. Let's go. So, again,
1: make sure you subscribe to Kevin's channel. I want you to, I want you all to subscribe over there on his YouTube channel. I want you to become part of this for Kev. I mean, if just half of you went over there and subscribed to his YouTube channel right now, it would be so Cool. It's free. You just subscribe. Just hit the subscribe button. That way you stay in contact with Kevin all the time. You get to see all the cool things that he's doing. Plus you have an Instagram and a Facebook and you have all kinds of different stuff going on. Right, Kev, that these, everyone should be involved in. Cause yeah, if, if you, go- you love, if you love fishing, then you should love to give back.
2: Yeah. If you go to communitykevin.com, that's our website, communitykevin.com that will take you to our YouTube channel, uh, when we did this video community kevin uh the way we did it we we didn't have community kevin as a website yet we just it's kind of been going um we had real anglers fishing Show separate from real guppy outdoors and then also our podcast real radio so if you go to communitykevin.com um everything will uh will be at your disposal you can see my story you can watch youtube videos you can again jump over to the guppies or Real anglers and check out both sides social media real anglers um my personal is the fly fisherman, T-H-E-E, the fly fisherman. I don't fly fish, but I fish fly. <laughs> it's kind of my uh, slogan there. Um, but uh, yeah, you could check out communitykevin.com and then it'll go, everything under the rowing Angler network will pop up there and you could check it out. If you want to make a donation, you want to see where our learning center's at, you want to stop by and visit my contact information, phone number, email. Um, it's, it's all under one umbrella, communitykevin.com.
1: And there, all those different QR codes, gang. will walk
2: you through all the different things that Kev's got going
1: on right now. He just kind of ran through it really fast, and we're going to go backwards a minute, and we're going to talk about all the different things that he has going on. But every single thing that Kevin's doing, gang, it's related to getting kids involved in this sport that we love so much, and giving back is the hugest thing you can. Because I know you're not making, you're not getting rich doing this. Let's be honest.
2: You're well, no, giving that's, back. That's, that's why I had to be a cook on the uh, on sport boats for two seasons to to supplement the income. But what we're learning, man, getting into the schools and stuff, there is some some funding, and that's why we have the oceans of opportunity. So if schools want me to come in and teach, community, Kevin, um, hey, Sonny said Kevin is a solid dude. Stoke, you have him on, Dave. We got to read that comment. Thanks, Sonny. Uh, um, yeah, his dad comes up on the pier too. They live local and they come out and, and say hi to us on the pier too, man. So thanks, Sonny. Sonny little- works,
1: works with us at your saltwater guide. And so hopefully he's going to come and help you in the classroom and do something with him and Fisher come in there and do a little seminar for your saltwater guide and kind of give back a little bit, Sonny would, that would be awesome. So yeah, right
2: down the street. And we need those, those fourth, those uh, third um, Saturday speakers at our guppy series, you know, so we could advertise for it to get, because we want speakers from all over again, the in the way, not just fishing, but on the water. So like I said, we have Rangers, we have uh, coast guard fishermen would be great. We had Bubba, a bass angler come out and talk. Uh, so yeah, if we can get captains to come in too and, um, and talk, we'd love it again. Third, third, uh, third Saturday of every month, um, we're looking for guest speakers. So if you're in there, I know Saturdays, sometimes it's harder for, for, um, some captains and stuff, you know, it's usually a busy day working on boats, You're definitely giving up your weekends, you know? But if there's a way or maybe a Thursday night or something, we could have a special guest. We'd love to have him come in and uh, and and do some speaking. So but yeah, the schools, man, it might be a way where I can. Um, yeah, we take professional scuba divers too all of it, man. <laughs> and uh, he said, he'll, <laughs> I'll let you read that one. But yeah, I mean, all speakers. That way we could show the difference. Because I think that's one part Dave, of fishing. You know, I go to the fishing summits and. And when I was a president, I know I'm jumping across right now, but just to bring it up is that there's all kinds of different types of recreational sport fishing, right? It's not just rod and uh, sport fishing on a sport boat. It could be surf fishing, kayak fishing, diving, scuba diving, you know, that there's different ways and different communities of fishermen, recreational fishermen. That we're all fishermen, right? Again, some people go on 18 day long range trips and kill big game and that's all they're up for. And then you have, you know, pond fishermen that fish for trout out, you know, in stock ponds, but they're still fishermen. We're all in the same community. We're all, we all love the tug is the drug, as they say, right? It's something about, again, the fellowshipping and being out there. And again, there's a couple people that are just die-hard big game killers, you know, that's, that's fine. But as a community and to spread our, our, our knowledge about the fishing industry, which I feel like I'm here first, is to spread recreational sport fishing since I was at 11-year-old um, fisherman. Because I've been through the closures, right? When I worked on boats, we used to use – I'm sure you've been through it in your time, right? All the different closures and regulations that keep going on. And if we don't stick to it as recreational anglers, like you say, they could, it's going to start to dwindle. So that's one of my first things is to making sure that I'm always trying to spread recreational sport fishing you know in any way we can again whether that you know from again uh, long range to you know surf fishermen and everything in between
1: well something that you talked about before you and i went live was how this whole fishing thing if you don't know is very very intimidating and there's not a lot of help out there that is why i believe you're successful what you do and i'm successful with my my platform that i have is because we try to bring this down and make it as unintimidating as it can be because i know as a boat captain as a yacht captain as the guy that it's a it's a disconnect if you don't get in there and talk to the children get down there and talk to them and let them understand that you don't have to have the thousand dollar rod and reel you don't have to have the thirty thousand dollar car and To go fishing, you can go down to the pier. And I'm gonna challenge all of the people that are watching and listening that think they're really good fishermen go down to the pier and catch a fish. And then give me and Kev a call and let us know how good of a fisherman you are, because that's where the disconnect's gonna come, gang. You need to take your phenomenal fishing ability and go down to the pier and show one of these children how to fish, or go up there and meet Kev and come down on the pier with Kevin and show these children how good of a fisherman you are. I think you're going to find out that these kids fish way better than you do. (laughs)
2: Well, that's kind of one of the reasons, like what I, you know, for the TV fishing show was a lot of that, you know, let me answer the questions that people asked me when I worked on the boats, you know, and answering that. And as a kid in my story, we didn't, I didn't have a fishing pole. I used to have to pull fishing string out of the trash can and tie it to a can and then use that off a pair. If you really want to cast something special, figure out how to take your, your uh <clears throat> your spark plug and your two hooks and you spin it around this way and turn it sideways and cast your uh and cast your line out of there. And that's one of the things I would say back in the day that I could outfish you with uh with hand-me-down gear or something you get from a, a yard sale versus having now I'm not knocking because there are certain classes of fish that you do need something that could handle what you're gonna, you know, the right tools for the right job. Don't get me wrong. But just not to be, you know, so in tune that you need all of that expensive gear and know all that or be that far to enjoy fishing and that's why our book's called catch a memory right and then going out especially man you know working on boats right some days it's slow me being a cook or working on the boat you always you get people that come on and complain about you know it's not a wide open bite and what we're catching and it's like that's the cool part about first-time anglers or kids is they get excited right over small um a small cabazon or a fish. They don't ever lose that. Even when you see adults that come on our boat, the rent rotters, and they catch a, a fish and they're stoked. It doesn't have to be that big. It's just, hey, we caught our first fish. So, my brand, you know, for what Real Angler Network is and Real Anglers Fishing Show was to get more Joes and Janes out fishing. Then, started the kid program and then starting to see where the disconnect was at that, that, that to get people out fishing and then fellowshipping when I was, a, you know, uh, and what I mean by that is I used to say when I first started with our TV show, what you pay for an amusement park or a ball game, you could get a guide or a service or go on a boat where they'll help you out. And you guys are doing it together. If I'm in my in the stands watching my son play baseball, I'm just spec, I'm a spectator. If you go to Magic Mountain or Disneyland or Dodger game, which are still fun, the kids we split up until it's time to eat or we're we're occupied by the entertainment. There's just something about the outdoors and, and for people to fellowship and hang out together. So if we could break down um, the intimidation factor of all that gear or, or being scared to get on a boat or you need the best gear or you need to be seasoned. I feel like that was what I wanted to showcase. And that's always been my niche. I used to get things like, um, Oh, you just do pier fishing. It's not hard. You know, trust me doing this. I've had enough people tell me which direction I need to go in, which you <laughs> need to do. Okay. Well, you go start your own because I'm going to stay right here where I'm at and, and produce it this way. Now, look how big it's gotten because I never wavered from what my idea of getting more people fishing was about. And also showing California and ecosystems and cause I'm a nerd, I'm a geek with, I want to look at it and play with the kelp and see what kind of animals live in there, you know, and put that aspect into what a day on the water looks like again, not just trophies.
1: Right. And I kind of try to tell everybody that all the time. I do not understand when people, when the child catches a fish and they go, Oh, it's just another mackerel or, Oh, it's just another Stop it. Please stop it. Gang. You're not helping at all. And I, you know, what's really cool, Kevin, there is a plethora of sport boat captains that watch us, even though they say they don't, they always are watching me. And here's a, here's something, Here's another uh, challenge I'm going to put out to you guys. Start thinking about the children on the boat. I would never, ever discount the children. And those of you that go fishing on a sport boat, this is another thing that really used to really make me angry when I was a captain, when they would say, oh, those kids, they keep tangling me up. If you're getting tangled with a child, it's your fault. It's not the kid's fault. Are you that arrogant that you believe they don't know what, you know why they're getting tangled? Because you are so selfish that you're not helping. Yeah. You sh- you should not be in a tangle with the child. If you're in a
2: tangle with the or, child. Or a rent to- rotter, right? Or a rent rotter. If right. If you a charter boat on, on a Saturday with 45 people wanting to fish with experienced anglers, you pick the wrong day in the wrong boat. I tell people that too, man. <laughs> like, you know, you know why I do this too, man? I remember I was on the Pacific Eagle. I was about 13 or 14. And they had a bunk room and I went in there and I took a nap. And when I came out, this dude stole my spot and wouldn't give it back. Told me I fell asleep. It's my fault. And and there's things that I've been through that make me maneuver the way I do. Right. What did they tell you? You, You'll always remember the way people made you feel. And I remember that dude took my spot because I I went to sleep and he wouldn't give it back to me. And he said, "You went to sleep. That's your fault." And he elbowed me out of the way, and I didn't get my stern spot. You know, in a stern spot, you get there early, and you get in line, and get there at two o'clock in the morning to make sure I get a stern spot. And so, you know, you take a little tr- drive out to the to the to the uh, to the fishing grounds, and I went to sleep. And when I woke up, the sun was already out, and the dude took my spot, man. And I always remember that. So I'm always super cool to kids on, on boats. And maybe that's why I am. I remember who let me borrow poles when I didn't have one. I remember who gave me opportunities on the boats who let, you know, when I was that pinhead, all the stuff that I was either mistreated for being a little ragamuffin kid or being a kid to the people that said, I got to help this little ragamuffin kid out. And that's the way I grind. And it's because of my own experiences, man. And the way I've been treated and felt as a kid growing up by myself, no dad, you know, type of deal and muscling through that. So now I feel like I was on the pier the other day and this guy was getting a little obnoxious at that kid, at that birthday party. And I had to go down there and simmer it down, you know? And he was running his mouth, cussing at me. And, and you know, but I just remember that I, I had to feel like I had to make sure everybody was safe out there, you know? And uh even after he left, I, I kind of wanted to know whether or not I, I handled it correctly. But um I just remember like those feelings of of, of the treatment like that as a kid. And, now, and the guy's like, well, which one of these is your kid at the birthday party? I'm like, well, they're all my kids. Yeah, I felt responsible for all of them. It doesn't matter who it is just make sure you keep it cool but i just remember things like that that make me always want to give man always want to love on people give and share no matter what i had and when i started this and that's just something i get to share with my team man and as many fishing poles as we have now from a kid that was pulling fishing string out of the trash can and have over what we have now a learning center and how many we could serve and the doors that are opening man if i don't give glory to god because i don't know how you know from, from that way We're just blessed, man. And if we're not taking the blessings that we have to bless other people, they're going to dry up, I guess, you know, and that's kind of what I tell her, you know, volunteering and donating and helping man, It's a payment to the soul because it doesn't pay a lot, but you know, it does, it does make a payment directly to our souls, man.
1: Yeah. And you are so right. And I want to tell you guys a story. I hope
2: you are listening, everybody out there. This
1: is a very important story because Kevin remembers how he was treated when he was a little boy on the boats. Someone that you all know that is a huge name in the industry told me down in San Diego two years ago about why he quit going fishing on my with my dad. This guy has something. He's got a lot to do with the industry. His name's Frank Lepresti, and he started out his career fishing with my father on the San Clemente pier and he used to ride his bike down there and he used to, all he could think about was going fishing with my dad. And uh, one day, Someone accused Frank of stealing their fish and made Frank feel so terrible as he was a little boy, made him feel so terrible that he never went back to San Clemente sport fishing again, never, ever went. So that's the power you all have is you got to stop for a minute and think when you open your mouth, and you're talking to a child, remember it'll affect them for the rest of their life. Frank is 70 something years old and he remembers that like it was yesterday and it kind of brought a tear to his eye. The guy's probably one of the most successful people in the fishing industry ever in the history of fishing, him and Bill Pull. And he remembers that day when he was a little boy and a man yelled at him about stealing his fish. So, Take a deep breath. Next time you're around some children and remember your mouth is going to affect those children for the rest of their life.
2: Right. Amen. For sure. For sure. It was funny because when we got into it on the pier with this guy that was up there, you know, I'm thinking grace and mercy like God, but protecting as, you know, another one. And I just was like, I hope the kids didn't see me getting into it with them later. You know what I mean? And that was one of the things that that bothered me for a couple of days was even though I was felt like I was, you know, trying to be the hero at the same time. But then when me and him got into it after they left even more, I just kind of was wondering, like, man, did the kids see me yelling, you know, getting into it? And that was kind of the something, you know, <laughs> like you said, you know, who's listening and what's going on. So even though I was uh, sticking up for him at the end, and when him got into a bigger heated debate because he just kept wanting to go, that was the one thing that stuck with me is, uh, you know, especially after seeing that mom, the other, it, that it was that same morning that I had seen that that mom walking on the beach. And I thought, you know, how do I behave and carry myself as we're growing and being, being that um, no, noticeable face, you know, and, and what can happen with uh, something was to get out of hand like that, you know? So it made me just, you know, just be pre- precautious, but yeah, man. And I know that that's like you said, I am at 71 years old. It's a trip, huh? How you can read, what stories stick with us over all those years of the one where, you know, that you were in the right or what you're doing and you were der- did wrong. Never leaves, man.
1: No, it doesn't. And it, it's
2: forever. And if Frank wasn't,
1: I don't know. It could have ended his fishing career forever. And how tragic would that have been? Because one person said something that horrible to a little kid. And that would have been tragic for the whole industry if we didn't have a Frank Lepresti in the industry or uh, a Kevin, if we didn't have you in the industry and how you're touching so many children's lives, gang. So we got like, uh, eight minutes left of the show. If you guys have a question for Kevin, we're reading all the questions that you're sending. If you guys want to help Kevin and you want to get involved, give gang, this whole thing. I know it's, it's hard. and We're not here begging, but everything revolves around money. It all revolves around money. He has to pay. You have a beautiful classroom there. We showed it here. I'll show it again, but he has to pay rent on that classroom. He's given back like all of you think you're giving back. Kev's giving back like crazy. That building isn't free. Just talk about the building for a minute cuz that when you told me this story that when that that lady and the whole thing, talk about that for just a minute.
2: So here's another thing about this story real quick, right? So me and my friends were fishing on the dock across the way at a yacht club and we're like 12 or 13, I guess it was just my bad time for me, 12 or 13. And uh, this guy comes down and tells me, what are you doing fishing on our dock? It's for members only. And I said, Hey, what does it cost to be a member here? And that guy looked me in the face and said, it doesn't matter. You can't afford it ever. Anyway, (laughs) kicked us off the dock. So now we have our own property right here on the dock. So again, that's one of those things that years later, and I tell that to the kids too, because that way they can know no matter where they come from or what obstacles are in their way, you can do anything just like my logo, right? Anything is possible, right? So no matter, somebody tells you that when you're 12, look at here, we are now. Um, that being said, the funding that we do get for our learning center is very limited. There, you know, you try to apply for a couple of grants and a lot of them are restrictive and they want to do some of the some of the outdoor adventures, but not really help us with uh, the rent part of it. So we are uh, doing a fundraiser, uh, a surf fishing derby where it's like $10 a month. Everybody donates so we can get to like 100 and 120 hundred and hundred and twenty. that will cover the cost. They give us a little discount. But if there is a way that you want to help donate to keep our doors open, um, there is a Uh, a link under uh, on donations under the real guppy outdoors page. So If you want to make a donation or message me or message us. um, Oh, the taxidermy. I can't read that. I'm trying to talk from Brent. Um, I think he had a question. Uh, but uh, yeah, if you want to help help us out, man, we'd love to give anybody local a tour. We like people to like really buy into what we're doing, you know, so if you want to come down and see for yourself what you're what you're donating to or be a part of it and be a partner and understanding when you have restricted grants and restricted funding or reimbursement funding and how hard it is to operate, literally our slogan is we survive off of, of uh, bubble gum and prayer, you know, because the rent stays, you know, we, we stay open month to month and, and trying to grind and we never want the business part that is necessary to take over the passion that we have, right. Being hampered by getting all the bills paid. And that's just part of nonprofit. You know, it's not like we're taking home, you know, we're making a bunch, but we does take staffing. It does take resources. So that's why we tell people, if you'd like to come and take a tour and see where it's going, it's wide open. And that way you can know that you're behind a program and that you're partnering with, and you could get a chance to see again, where, how your funds are making an impact.
1: And they are, I'm, that classroom, what you got going on down there is making a massive impact, gang, and it's helping all of us. And Brett, thank you so much for thinking about contacting Kevin. And if Sonny doesn't contact you right away, Kevin, call me because I'm going to kick him in the butt. You need no, to Sonny's be- good, man.
2: He's, he's seen us for a while, yeah. Sonny's cool Sonny people, needs man. to bring his Fisher
1: day. down there, and him and Fisher need to give back to those children. And anybody else in the area that can come down there and help Kevin out and do the seminars and give... Give, just give, just give a little bit. Gang, you're helping keep. Like I say all the time on my show, gang, they are on a mission to stop us from fishing. And people like Kevin are keeping the door open. It's not about catching a big bluefin. I personally, I wish they'd all leave anyway because they just ruined fishing. I know a lot of, oh, I never caught one. Well, you need to go catch calico bass. But <laughs> They're they're not good for us because little kids can't catch them and too many people are focused on them. You need to take children out fishing. You need to go down to the piers. And if you think you're a great fisherman, go down to the pier this week and go catch a fish on the pier and then let us know how great of a fisherman you are. It ain't easy to catch a fish on the pier, Kev. Those fishermen fished. Since before we were born, they were fishing on that pier, catching those fish. So you gotta really know stealth. You gotta know how to do it. You gotta really work on it hard to catch a fish on the pier. Kevin's doing it on a daily basis. He's showing these children, gang, that you don't have to drive a Maserati. You don't have to wear a suit and tie to go fishing. You don't have to have a big gold reel. You can grab some line out of the trash can, walk down the pier, drop it in the water, catch a jack smelt. It's gonna change those children's life.
2: Yeah, today we're, uh, so I have a, I work up in Carpinteria School on Tuesday. We're starting a fishing club up there. It's like our seventh week. And that picture that you showed from the classroom was that. So that we teach them how to surf fish, man. Took a couple of pages out of Bill Varney's book, literally. I made a couple of photocopies. Last week, we were, we were looking at habitat and ecosystem because there was a big storm that we had up here for a big storm for us and kind of showing them different areas that we could fish. So, you know, that surf fishing, pier fishing, man, that's what I tell people too, again, because I work on boats, right? So we hear all the same type of thing. And it's like, you think getting on a self-guided tour makes you a better angler because the captain took you to the right spot and found the fish and you drop straight down, makes you some type of better angler than uh, somebody on the pier. I think, think about that again, because you need a little bit more technique and finesse and other things when you're fishing on a place where you haven't been driven to by by a professional captain and put on the spot with good bait, you know? That's a little bit different than uh going out and finding the fish on your own. So that'll humble you quickly, you know. Don't be don't be so cool, man. Don't be so cool because you have all the gear and you go on these long-range trips or you know the captain and stuff, man. Again, that stuff's cool, but for our generation in the future, and not to forget about what sport fishing means inside of all of us and our soul is what we're gonna keep alive, man. You know, talk about this real quick. We're almost out of time. What
1: what do you got this family fishing day so thing? You guys every, do it once a month.
2: Yeah, every fourth Sunday, besides November and December, we do a free kid family fishing day on the Port Wynemi Pier. It's from 8 to 11, 1130. And you don't have to stay there that whole time. If you get there at 9, stay till 10 or get there at 8, you got to get to church by 1030 or an hour. You show up a little late. Anytime between 8 and 1130, we have about 80 fishing poles ready to go. China Island Sport Fish uh, donates bait. We have the crab netting. We have the hands on um little aquarium that we put it in so from 8 to 11 30 on the port wide pier for sunday everything is free we only you have to pay for is parking trust me you do not want to not park at our beach because you'll get ticketed quickly uh but other than paying for parking man um, You come out and hang out and people bring their lawn chairs and you see communities getting together, meaning like, you know, strangers that don't know each other, but their kids are playing or they know each other from school. And now they're making arrangements to fish on their own, getting their own little gear. You know, we get testimonial back, mm-hmm. no matter what what, what um, so even if people bring their own gear and we show them what works and what doesn't work on this particular fishery area you know you come out here ready to fish salmon might not get any bites so that might prevent you from fishing so at least let us show you what probably works better in this area on the pier and stuff like that so that's why we call it more of a family fishing clinic because we're going to show you all that stuff too you know
1: that is so awesome and gang if Understand, you want to contact Kevin, you want to get to be a part of that. You want to give, you want to give back. If you don't have any money, then come down to the pier and give back and be there for the children and help Kevin. Can you imagine having 80 kids down there fishing? It's going
2: to take, it's, it takes oh, an we've, army. We've, we've had over hundred a couple of times. So we've had some pretty good show outs, man, you know?
1: So just understand you can, you can help at any level. Money is the number one thing that Kevin needs. And we're not begging. Don't think, yeah. don't even... Tell us when you see us at the show, you guys were begging. That's not what we're
2: doing. Yeah. We're
1: trying to allow you, know, you to have a hand in giving back.
2: You know, what's funny is, is you say that it before we run out of time is sometimes I forget about that, right? I, I don't know if it's my stubbornness or pride or really wanting to make sure that it's not money driven. Even when I did the kid days initially, I didn't share a lot of it because I didn't want to look like it was helping, you know, like trying to hide behind it to, uh, oh, look it, I, I take kids fishing like my fishing show. So I was really hesitant about what I shared, just being a giver and other people had to talk me into saying, no, man, people need to know about what you're doing in your story to help encourage other people. But I want people to think that, you know, you're doing it for the publicity. So even sometimes asking for funds or bringing that part up, I'm still, you know what I mean? What side of the fence I'm on, because that's why I say people, I want you to give out of your heart, you know? So that way we know that you're a partner that loves what we do and you get behind it. So even I'm still learning how to comfortably ask for funding um, without feeling like I'm begging or not, I mean to do it in a private way. All I'm saying is I don't ever want that to get in the why it, we did this out of my apartment for years. I had the rods at a storage and we would just pick them up Sunday morning and go to the pier, you know? And I don't ever want to lose that excitement because we're trying to stay funded to keep our doors open, you know?
1: Yeah, it takes all of us, it takes everybody to help. So there's a lot of people driving in their cars, Kev. You don't understand that are listening to us right now, and they didn't get to see all the visual stuff we threw up here. We're basically out of time. I told you I'd only take an hour of your time to do this. So run through this real fast for the people driving in their cars. How can they help Kevin take more children fishing?
2: So on our Real Guppy Outdoors, and everything is spelled R-E-E-L, Real Guppy Outdoors. You could check it out. We do have a couple of fundraisers coming up. Those are on our Instagram and, and our Facebook for our surf fishing derby um, and our, our annual fundraiser. But if you want to make a straight donation, you could go to, again, Real Guppy Outdoors, our community, Kevin, to see everything. And then there is a donation page. You could click it there. The address to our learning center if you want to come in person, take a look, write a check, be a part of it, however you'd like to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, reach out, send me an email or talk to us. Um, but there's an easy way is just putting a donation or you're welcome to come down and take a look and see what you can, how you could help out, you know,
1: and what's your email address again, right. uh, slow. Re-
2: go to, the easiest one to, again, just to keep it easy is real guppy outdoors at gmail.com R E L real guppy, no S real guppy outdoors at gmail.com
1: gang, reach out to Kevin and also Kevin, you're going to be at the PCS show, right?
2: Yeah. I'll be there Friday. I'll be okay. there Friday, hanging out Thursday in our neighborhood, man. I do a lot of, again, outreach stuff with education and chambers of commerce and stuff to help us getting, cause we do our fourth Sunday stuff. I go into schools, but we also work with at risk youth cause I was one of those kids. So I'd like to do a lot of stuff with through the week of partnering. Right now, we're trying to get into, uh, to a junior high school with their, they have a wellness facility on the school that I went to today. I submitted my credentials to become an actual teacher for a year where I could teach environmental science through fishing. So I'm still expanding how to get into the schools and, and add more of it with my story, but also opening up doors um, for, for uh, occupational pathways onto the ocean is a big part of what I want to do as well. So during the week, I do a lot of that. So it looks like Friday's only down, we we'll be able to make it down to the PCS show.
1: And if there' so many of our, Viewers are going to be at the PCS show. If they want to come up and shake your hand and thank you, where, where were, where, what area will you be hanging out?
2: I'll probably be wandering around trying to get some uh one thing i learned you know mike lum man i try not to take up people's time especially when they're selling and i'm asking so i usually stop at a booth for five or ten minutes i will be at the pomar booth get always hang out there right they're a sponsor the dio booth i'll be there for a little while but i'm going to be going around trying to get some donations for our fundraisers coming up and then also again like to respect people's time and as me being a fishing industry guy i know guys got stuff to do their work so again i like to just you know go around give people their respect man i think that's important that we give flowers to people now so i love to walk around and shake hands with other people in the industry congratulate them take a picture maybe and then move on so that way they could really highlight their what they're doing there you know but i do like to go around to a lot of people that i know that have seen me grow through this for 13 years and you know get five or ten minutes of their time and then move on so i could see everybody so you might just see me more wandering than stuck at one location
1: well, I sure hope you spend a little bit of time in my booth because it won't be anybody there for me to talk to. So it'll just be me. And oh, you for sure.
2: I'll later. be by to visit and hang and see if we get anybody to stop by and see it, you know?
1: Yeah, because normally I'm very lonely when I do a trade show. Nobody even knows who I am. So I'm pretty yeah. I'll be happy that you stopped by gang. I want to thank Kevin very, very much for being here. Thank you all for all the great comments and all the love you've given Kevin throughout this show. I think. He's amazed. I know I am. I'm very amazed at all of you. And I love the love and I love all the positives. Thank you very, very much gang. And tomorrow we'll be back on the show. Bill Varney will be here. The second half of the show, Bill will be with me. And, uh, We'll have Dave from Deccan Sports telling us all about the show, and he's going to have a nice booth there, and he's going to talk about his bags and his kill bags and everything. So thank you all for watching today. I will see you all tomorrow. Be kind to each other. Turn off the news. They're all lying. This is the only place you get the truth.
2: That's right. And tell, tell Bill Varney I said hi, too, man. Much love to that guy.
1: You got